This is the Patriot Radio News Hour, brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group. For all your gold and silver buying needs, call them at 1-800-951-0592 or log on to allamericangold.com. Broadcast for Tuesday, December the 13th, 2016. Well, hey, good morning and welcome. It's the Patriot Radio News Hour, Tuesday, December 13th. What do we do? The physical delivery of gold and silver. Give us a call, one 800 951 The lovely Wendy's here today to take your phone calls, answer your questions, walk you through your order, or go check us out online at allamericangold.com. Not only can you peruse the website, look at all the products, point and click, order, it shows up at your house. It's that simple. It really is. But you can also enjoy that website for the podcast, the opportunity to learn about the Patriot Trading Group itself and all of the plans they have for you, plus get the news to disturb the comfortable. Well, we don't tell you what to think, but we certainly give you something to think about. My name's Homer Lopez, and I work for this guy named Joe Jaquin. He is the man behind the show. He's the money behind the show, but more importantly, he's the man who invests and grinds it out daily to do the research and keep you in the know in what we call delivering economics with attitude. Joe, how are you here this morning? What day is it? Tuesday. Oh. Tuesday, December 13th. I, was... <laughs> well, I had to make sure I drew a blank. Said. I drew a blank. I thought I was hoping it was Wednesday. I don't know why. You thought it was a hump day already? I was hoping. You know so. what? It seems like the weeks have been flying by so quickly that it wouldn't be surprised. You know, it feels like a Wednesday already. Does it feel like that to you? Somehow it does. I don't know why. My body thinks it's Wednesday. Uh, it's only Tuesday. One more day until we get the great words of wisdom from the all-knowing, the all-seeing central bankers. The oracles of finance. Yes. Well, well put. Uh, of course, everybody, including myself, expecting a rate hike. Really? You really think it's going to yeah. happen? It's finally oh, yeah. going to happen again. It's going to happen. Okay, the last rate hike was what? A January? year ago. January a year this ago. time? A year ago. But, but was it in January? December. It December. Okay. A year ago. One year ago, they raised it one time. Uh, this year, they're going to raise it one time. Next year, we'll see. We'll see. I think. This isn't going to work out the way a lot of people think. Uh, you know, we've had this great, tremendous Trump rally. They're calling it the Trump rally. Uh, and I think they're doing him an incredible disservice. And uh, and and part of what I think is, is going to play out because they want it as high as they can possibly get it. So that way, when he comes into office and it all comes crashing back down to earth, they're going to blame him for it. You know what I'm saying? It's the it's the setup job, and this is really kind of what's been playing out. Bill Gross was, or Bill Gross, Bill Gates was on TV this morning from the idiot box. Microsoft's you, own Bill Gates. Yes, the uh, you know the good friend of Warren Buffett, huge Hillary supporter. It was. It was incredible. He actually likened Donald to JFK. Man, I do not see the correlation. Well, I'm I'm just saying. Wow. 
a lot of people now, let me ask a lot you. of people think JFK was one of the greatest presidents ever one of the greatest uh bringing people back together a guy of peace and and uh uh developing prosperity I mean but of course we know how that ended yeah oh i didn't think that part of it <laughs> but my my thought is in a political sense where uh, um, JFK was a um, true politician. Oh, right? absolutely. Okay, well, where? I don't see the correlation. Well, I think the, the what he was trying to say, I think, was, hey, Donald might be actually able to actually get some stuff done. May actually be good for America. And uh, And, of course, I'm thinking the whole time, I'm like, so the person that you were supporting wasn't that good for America. You know what I'm saying? No, but in uh, I, I believe that she was good for the wealthy. Well, I don't know. Well, I think Donald may be better. You think he's? Oh yeah. You think they overlooked him then by investing in her? So I do. I don't get it. Right. I mean, obviously, if I was like a millionaire, a billionaire. Now, of course, Bill. I guess Bill Gates probably doesn't matter. He's got so much money it really doesn't matter you know he he can't he's got so much money he can't even give it away that's how much money he has you know uh so for him maybe it doesn't matter but for, for a lot of what i'll call the the one percenters yeah i think donald's gonna be good for them i i find it interesting that so can we expect a quote from donald down the road where it might match something that jay i'm gonna say this if I was Donald, I'd be tweeting it already. Well, let me tell Bill you. Bill Gates says I'm JFK. Well, let me tell you, JFK, probably one of his most famous quotes is, my fellow Americans, that's not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Okay? And so what down the future is Donald Trump going to Well, let me tell table? you right now, I, would, I think we really need to remember those words because ultimately at the end of the day, somehow we got caught in this, what can my country do for me routine? Isn't that interesting? Right? And, and, and a lot of it, too. And let's be fair. I don't want to, You know what? Because this is what I believe. I, I just do. The vast majority of us, we want to be productive citizens. We do. I believe that. Now, yes, is there a certain percentage of the population that just want to do nothing? Absolutely. But I believe that isn't that big of a number. And I think what's happened is, because of all of the, unfortunately, because our elected politicians and big business, let's face it, now, we're, we're living in this world now where the whole world has shrunk, hasn't it? The whole world, this used to be a really big place, and they're trying to make it a really, really small place. And I think our elected politicians and I think all of these mega corporations, they've forgotten this. That's not what you can do, right? Right. That's not what you what right. your country can do for you, right. but what you can do for your what country. What can you do for the country? You think Lockheed Martin, when they bid the F-35 fighter jet, that's gone. Hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars more than it should have. That they were, what can I do for my country? Do you think Boeing, when they bid the Air Force One plane, 
that somehow cost uh, billions and billions of dollars? What can we do for our country? Do you think all of these companies that fire American workers and outsource the jobs or insource jobs are saying, what can I do for my country? Do you think that when they tell Congress that they can't find any American workers willing to do the job, and we need the H-1B visas, that they're asking, what can I do for my country? Do you know that uh, the first two months of this year, by the way, uh, the budget deficit numbers for November came out? Wow. No wonder why the thing jumped up so fast. $134 billion. We went further into debt in November. Uh, you know, And they had a lot of things going for it. Just so you know, the debt, uh, because of how the weeks fell, a lot of, uh, and I would say an extra, you know, 30, 40, 50 billion dollars went into September that should have went into October normally. Uh, and then, of course, unfortunately for the government, in December it goes the other way and, you know, just cycles through. But it looks like, uh, just like I told you, it's going to be another record. Well, shouldn't say record, because, you know, we, we got those Obama years, those spikes in the Obama years. But again, we'll have another higher budget but budget deficit again in 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020. You kind of get that picture, uh, and I and I hopefully I've explained it to you so you understand exactly what you need to get ready for. But you know when, when they were talking about the numbers, and you know we've paid this astronomical amount in taxes that well over now, well over 50%, I think it's approaching almost 60% of all taxes are paid by individuals. And the government uh, has never collected more tax dollars than they have uh, all here recently, right? Every year, another record, another record, another record, uh, as everyone's taxes continue to go up. And and where is it? You know, you think about it, you think all of these businesses, right, when they sit there and they say, gimme, 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 right? They want to relocate to your state. They want to relocate to your town. They want to relocate to your city. And everything's what? What are you going to give me? I need a tax break. Right. What are level. you going to give me? And so those words from John Kennedy, I think, really is part of the reason why we're in the mess we're in. You know what's interesting, Joe, is uh, I used to be part of, uh, I used to attend and be part of a group that was part of the Phoenix Economic Development Committee here in, here in Phoenix. And so when they would, California was going through their horrible tax problems, right? And every business still all right, still right. All right. So they go to California and go, move your company here, move your company here. And saw it firsthand, what are you going to give me? What are you going to give me? What are you going to give me? First words out of the mouth. What are you going to give me? Because I'm, I'm here to tell you, Denver wants us to come there. You guys want us to come to Phoenix. Salt Lake City wants us to come there. And so we're going to move our business from California so that we can get cheaper taxes, cheaper labor, whatever the case may be, because it costs so much in California. What are you going to give me? 
It's a society. It is a society problem. problem. It's right? a huge problem. I don't know how you fix that problem, uh, but but nonetheless, want to focus in. There is two, not one, two, just fantastic articles in the Wall Street Journal today about the ending of cash. And make no mistakes about it. You get rid of cash because ultimately the supreme uh, beings that are the central bankers want the ultimate control. It is, it really, they want your money. So I'm going to start with Venezuela. We haven't talked a lot about them and probably should have, but we're going to do it today. Okay, as our illustrious central bankers get ready to tell us, you know, they're meeting today and tomorrow, and they get ready to tell us tomorrow about this huge quarter of a point rate increase, I want you to understand what's coming. Venezuela is taking nearly half of the country's banknotes out of circulation beginning Wednesday. Today is Tuesday. How much notice did they get? You guessed it. 24 hours. This is how it's going to happen. It would be great. Wouldn't it be great if the government just sent everybody a letter, an email, some right? Because it's got to be electronic, right? They they sent us a tweet. Hey, by the way, in 468 days, we're going to get rid of half of the currency in the country. So you better do what you need to do now. Right, and essentially what? Get rid of it before that time begins. Now remember, India pulled the same trick, what, less than a month ago? That's the other article, by the way. It says that threatening to ruin the holidays for Venezuelans already suffering from dire cash shortages, hyperinflation, and an economic meltdown. Remember, this is the place now where they weigh the money. Right? What was it? I think Ramon, several weeks back, had we had a video up on our website where they had a scale to weigh the money. The country's largest bill. It's worth 100 boulevards. That's the equivalent of about of about three U.S. cents, by the way, on the and that's only on the black market. Is now going to be illegal in a move designed to combat contraband along Venezuela's border, according to the government. The president said, outlawing the uh, Tuesday, outlawing the notes would destroy what he claims are Colombian smuggling mafias. <laughs> but hey, we'll, we'll blame the, the Mexican smuggling mafias when it's our turn. Uh, and and uh, 
what else did he say? The the, the Colombian um, black market, the smuggling mafias, they hoard the currency to buy price-controlled food and gasoline in Venezuela, and then they resell it at a markup. See, we got to stamp out this type of stuff. He said Monday night he was closing the Colombian border until Thursday to prevent stacks of money from making it back into the country. So anybody outside of Venezuela that has it, yeah, you're not bringing it back. Buying a kilogram of tomatoes already requires a stack of at least 32 $100 notes. Now we'll take twice that many. Venezuelans have just two days, and here, here's how it's going down. They have just two days to deposit into the banks the more than six billion targeted bills currently in circulation. Remember what I told you. Remember what I've been telling you. They're going to make sure everything's in the system. And now in Venezuela, you didn't have a year. You didn't have six months. You didn't get a 90-day notice or a 30-day notice. Hey, you got 48 hours. Anyone wanting to exchange the worthless bills after that? So when you wake up Thursday morning, and they didn't really even get 48 hours because the president came out on Monday to give this news. When you wake up Thursday morning, all of those bills will be worthless. Right? Anything that didn't get turned in is going to be worthless. But wait, that's criminal. Well, they're going to give you a night. They're going to give you an opportunity. Let me tell you the opportunity they're going to give you. Anyone wanting to exchange the worthless bills after that will have 10 days to submit them at the central bank after being questioned by the secret police. <laughs> I wonder how many people are going to show up. In the unexpected announcement that he made, he says for rural areas such as fishing villages and Withdrawal of the notes means nothing short of disaster. I have no idea how I'll buy presidents, said one fisherman. It's all cashier. Everything's in the $100 note. Venezuela's new measure, well, let's face it. This is what is coming. They had 48 hours to put all of their money into the bank. If you didn't have the ability to put it in the bank, out of the kindness of their heart, you had 10 days to show up to the central bank and 
we'll have some, what did they call Oh, wait, the secret police. They'll be there to uh, handle any questions you may have. If they're handling questions, <laughs> is it still a secret that they're police? I bet the first question is going to be, where did you get this money? You know what? Why don't you step over into this line? We have a, we have a nice place for you to go. The other article, Inside India's Crackdown on Cash. Last month, India's Prime Minister summoned his cabinet into a room in India's capital. This was great. This was kind of like a Jekyll Island thing. Told them to leave their cell phones outside. Right, so can you imagine he summons his cabinet, right? They all get the pat down, right? Make sure they're not carrying any uh, any cell phones or any recording devices. And he delivered a shocker. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely one of those. He was about to go on national television to declare that almost 90% of the country's paper money would no longer be legal tender. The move prepared in secret by Mahdi and his advisors has kicked off a radical experiment in government-controlled and instantly put India at the forefront of the global campaign on cash. Looks like it's a little game of follow the leader. Patriot Radio News Hour, it's halftime. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now from the Eagle Forum Studios, here's Ryan Haidt. FBI Director James Comey announced a week before the November election that his agents had reopened the email investigation into Hillary Clinton and were reviewing 650,000 emails on a computer belonging to her closest aide, Huma Abedin. Political pundits immediately speculated about how this October surprise would affect the election. But the shocking news came too late for many Americans because they'd already voted. The day after Comey's announcement, the New York Times reported that 22 million Americans had already voted in this presidential election. That was more than one-sixth of the expected turnout. To put that number in perspective, 22 million is more than the margin of victory in every presidential election in American history. Even Ronald Reagan's 1984 landslide was only 15 million votes. Like so many bad ideas, early voting began as an absentee ballot process that accommodated a small number of people who were inconvenienced because they were elderly, disabled, or needed to be away from home on Election Day. The exception widened in a gradual creep until early voting became taken for granted and then claimed as a right belonging to everyone. In several states, most ballots are returned by mail long before Election Day. Early voting is not a constitutional right, as proved by the fact that Pennsylvania, New York, and Michigan still allow no early voting at all. Unfortunately, some federal courts have ruled that once a state allows early voting, that practice can never be curtailed because of its disparate impact on minority voters. 
A federal court ruled that Ohio could not reduce its 35 days of early voting, and another federal court ruled that North Carolina could not cut back its 17 days. The U.S. Supreme Court has never addressed the claim that early voting, once allowed, can never be limited. Before 2008, when Obama exploited early voting so successfully, many Republicans were lulled into the complacent belief that both parties would benefit from the added convenience of early voting. Republicans failed to foresee, however, that labor unions and other interest groups would turn early voting into a powerful and one-sided engine for turning out Democratic votes. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Have you visited our website? It's your source for a conservative perspective on education, government, family, and the latest liberal agenda. At www.eagleforum.org, you can write Congress, join Eagle Forum, and download our congressional scoreboard, our first reading test, even this radio broadcast. Log on to eagleforum.org. Join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Patriot Radio News Hour 800-951-0592. I know the Dow's going to be almost 20,000. What most of you don't realize is in order for all the phony baloney that they've been selling us, right? They took away all of our jobs. They took away our wealth. We started running trade deficits. We started running massive budget deficits. But they said, don't worry, because your salvation was going to be Wall Street. Wall Street was going to be the miracle that saved everybody. You know that the Dow would have to be, I don't even know what the exact number is, but somewhere north of 50,000, probably 60 or 70,000 for all of this stuff to have actually worked out. Right now, I read today that the Fort, uh, you know, we know about Dallas's pension problems. Apparently, Fort Worth is going to be next now. No one's going to be able to withdraw money out of that city. Then you start thinking about the cracking down of cash and how quick this is happening. I mean, no offense. But now we're talking about these are starting these countries are getting bigger and bigger that are doing this stuff. In India they're talking about how they all met in secret. Right? And then who's they? Well, obviously the president and the bankers. Called the cabinet in, made sure they didn't have any cell phones, and said, hey, by the way, in a few hours I'm going to go out on TV and we're banning all the money. And it's put India at the forefront of the global campaign against cash. Here's the Wall Street Journal, the front page of the business and finance section, not the front page of the journal itself, talking about the global campaign against cash. The European Central Bank says it will no longer produce the $500 euro note. That will start in 2018. They won't make it anymore. My guess is Uh, At that same time, they'll throw a ban on that as well, forcing you to turn it all in. Of course, the 
I'll have a nice a nice bunch of questions for you to answer when you do so. Venezuela said Monday it was taking half of its country's banknotes out of circulation. Canada and Singapore have phased out their large denomination bills. The Philippines, Denmark, and others are tweaking regulations to nudge citizens to switch to electronic payments. None have gone as far as India yet, aiming to cut tax-dodging, terrorism, and corruption. (laughs) Right? Just throw it all in there, right? I didn't see drugs in there. He made India's largest banknote and the most commonly used ones in the country. Essentially, they said the equivalent of the $120 bills. Unusable overnight. All you can do in India is deposit them. Again. Where did you get that money? You know what? Since you're, you seem like a nice person, tell you what we're going to do. We're going to let you deposit all of that money, but uh, you're going to have to pay a tax on that. How does about 90% of that sound? The new bills are being rolled out but they've only produced a small fraction. And here's what they do. You know what, in India, I did not know this. They're only allowing them to withdraw $350 a week. That's it. That's all you get. And that's U.S. equivalent. I have no idea what that is in rupee, but 350 bucks. Everything else, has to be electronic. India is hardly alone in seeking to drive underground money. See, now it's underground. Right? Everyone buries it. They're trying to drive underground money into the banking system. And this is really what is at the 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 the, the cusp of all of it. They need the money in the system, and they're going to get it one way or the other. If they've got to ban it, they will. And now you're starting to see it's almost turning into what? Every couple of weeks, some other country is banning something. We're banning this note. We're banning that note. We're doing this with blockchain. We're doing that with blockchain. We're doing our... uh, our e-croners and all of this other stuff. It's happening every single week. And and ultimately, here's why. Why now? What's the hurry? What are they driving at? What needs to be... You would think that we live in the most corrupt places in all of, uh, well, in all of history. Everywhere it's just corruption and terrorism and black market and underground money. And they run all of these campaigns. They do they're on social media now. Running ads about money's dirty. Who wants it's so inconvenient. You don't want that. 
we're a mega bank, and we're here to help you. And while they're getting us what? While they're priming us, right, they're getting us ready. Because this is something, right, it takes a little time. Right, we've got to convince you over time that this is really what you want. It's like a uh, subliminal message, right? <laughs> right? They just... Just little things here and there, beep, 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 right? A, a tweet here, an article there, a book here, some news story there. And next thing you know, you're saying to yourself, yeah, money's terrible. I hate money. And you don't even know what it is you're really agreeing to. And then you think about what it really means. Number one, the second you deposit money into the bank, it's not yours. That's banking law all over the world. It's no longer your money. You simply become an unsecured creditor to the bank. And you know that they've rewritten all the laws, so guess who gets stuck holding the bag when the banks go under? Oh, yeah, the unsecured creditors do. That sounds like a great idea. Patriot Radio News Hour. We got a great special coming next. Patriot Radio News Hour. I've got I I'm I'm super excited and at the same time I, I don't know what's gonna happen. You know, we're sitting here and we're watching all of this play out. And not even I thought it was going to go this fast. You know, I, it was earlier this year, maybe it was late last year, I was like, oh, you know what, I finally got, it's not going to be an Amero or some Western. I mean, it, it's all going electronic. Because now they'll have the ultimate power. Right? And they're going to use the special drawing rights of the IMF, and every country's going to have a convertibility factor and anytime they need inflation, they just change the factor and presto and confiscating people's wealth and forcing everybody into the system. And then they can just systematically do whatever they want with all of that data. Right? Who's purchased AR-15s? Let's go round those people up. Right? Who's donated to this or donated to that? Let's go round up those people. I mean, this is really kind of what they're saying. Let's make sure that when these banks go under, that everybody's got their money in there. And then that way we can tell them, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. And you know what you can do? You can just let us take your money. And that's really what all of this is all about. It's not about black market and terrorism and drug dealing, right? It's not about stopping people from uh, picking up the uh, illegals that are at the Walmart and paying them under the table. And I mean, just think about how many people in North Scottsdale aren't going to be able to get their yard done. 
right? Because you can't pay the guy cash under the table. It's not about that. Now, think about what it's going to do to the industry itself of, uh, you know, tree trimmings, all these guys out there that have to have their labor crews out there. And right. in Phoenix, we see it all around us. Oh, it's, it's constant here. But but it has nothing to do with that because, really, when you think about the money itself, that's such a small part of it. It's almost a minute part of it. The vast majority of people are legitimate. And, and the, the, all of this stuff is just noise and nonsense. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, they already know where they're going. For all of this to work for the central banks to really do what they think needs to be done is everybody's got to be on the same playing field. Which is you have to be all in. You can't have the ability to store your money at your house. And this is really ultimately what it's all about. And this is why I think gold's going to have just an incredible next 10 years. Because this is the only, this is the true store of value. Even the central bankers, even they admit it. Right? Gold is the ultimate store of value. Because the problem with storing your money, your cash, here's the problem. If you had buried, and I'll just, you know, simply, if you had buried... A hundred thousand dollars, and if you had a hundred thousand dollars back in nineteen whatever nineteen twenty, right, you were like one of the richest people around. But let's just say you buried it in money, and another guy buried a hundred thousand dollars worth of gold. Okay, well the gold at the time was twenty bucks, so he had five thousand of these twenty dollar gold pieces. The guy that had the $100,000, let's say he buried it good, right? It didn't get wet. It didn't somehow, (laughs) most likely it what? It deteriorated, right? And it turned into dust or what have you. But let's say it didn't. That $100,000 which would have made him probably one of the wealthiest people in his town. And the vast majority of America, he's probably the wealthiest person in the whole city. And there's a few exceptions, but the vast majority of people, no one had $100,000 then. You woke up, you unburied it today, and you can't even buy a house with it. I mean, you could maybe buy a dilapidated shack in the ghetto. I mean, right? I mean, that's what you're getting. You, can they buy your house for a hundred grand? Nope. Can't do it. Not even close. That gold would be worth over six million dollars. It's the ultimate store of value. 
What changed? Did the, did the gold change? Did somehow he buried that gold and it multiplied? He didn't. The only thing that's changed is the value of the money. And now they're getting us ready to really change the value of the money. And this is what gold will do for you. So today I've got a special. I asked when I don't know if she has the answer. I've only got 37. Only 37, not one single one more. I have 37. These are U.S. $20 Liberties, 1866 to 1907 at $1,275. We're going to talk more about that in the final segment. 800-951-0592. So one day before the Federal Reserve meets, well, they meet, but before they tell us what they're going to do, gold's twelve hundred and fifty-seven, twelve hundred fifty-eight dollars. Twelve. I'm sorry, eleven hundred and fifty-seven, eleven fifty-eight. Got thirty-seven twenty-dollar gold pieces, all the way down to twelve hundred and seventy-five dollars. And the, the, you're talking about 10, 11 months? As far as that's how far back you'd have to go before you saw Liberty at that low of a price. And and like I said, these will be gone uh, before the day is over. To put that into perspective, because I try to do the math, how much would gold have to fall for me to be able to to sell these at a regular price of twelve seventy five, you'd you'd have to have gold fall about another forty eight dollars. I actually think this is just my opinion. Do I know something that somebody else doesn't? I don't. I think the Fed's going to raise. Matter of fact, I'm positive they're going to raise rates tomorrow, and I actually think gold's going higher tomorrow. And I think because the Fed is going to be very cautious. Uh, I'll, I'll, uh, you know, they don't want to get overly excited because they know what the real data is. So this is a great opportunity to buy gold at, you know, and just put it away. I mean, look at what's happening. You know, Wendy's just confirming Jan- January. You have to go all the way back to January of this year. To find gold twenties at this price, and let's face it, gold's over a hundred bucks from January. Normally, what we see when gold falls, you always see the premiums rise, right? Because there's nobody selling at these levels, and so you'll really see it in that twenty-dollar gold piece market where the prices are, are, you know, you're paying a lot over spot. So to be able to buy twenties. At under $120 over spot, that's a fantastic opportunity considering where the prices are at right now. The only problem is, like I said, I only, get, I only got 37 So you just have to be able to, uh, you know, this is it. This is just all there is out there. You know, when we make our calls every day, you know, it's always the same thing. No, no one's really selling. No, no, not happening today. Call me tomorrow. 
call me tomorrow, call me tomorrow, and that's what we do. And today there were 37 of them out there. We're passing all of this on to you uh, a day before the Federal Reserve meets. U.S. $20 gold pieces at $1,275, and this is also online as well. By the way, you're paying with a credit card all the way down to $1,302. So $1,302, we take Visa, MasterCard, Discover American Express, or if you want to pay by check or bank wire at $1,275, Or now you can go out to allamericangold.com, click the Order Now button, and you can buy them there. Everyone take care. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. And we'll talk to you on a hump day.